Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here's a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. All right, I want to read from Ephesians chapter 6. This is the fourth week of Activate uh, Your Armor. We're going to go to the Shield of Faith here. I just want to read this grouping of Scripture. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you'll take time to read it on your own and just let some of these verses really get deep in your heart. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, so he's saying this this battle is real and it is unseen and it is not against people, but that we are to be strong in his mighty power. And how do we do that? It says to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Say all. All. So we're supposed to put on all of the armor of God, but it is this one piece is designed to extinguish every single flaming arrow that the evil one has for you. Then he goes on to say, take on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So what we're gonna talk about today is the shield of faith. The Roman shield was actually, after I researched, it was larger than I thought. Sometimes we see round, uh, round shields or even the one that's just used as an illustration. But the Roman shield was usually uh, several feet in length and it was rectangular in shape but it was also curved here. So what, what it was meant to do is to cover from, your, from, from a soldier's shoulder down to right at their knee. Now, the cool thing is, is you, I could, you can even be taller than me and it will still protect you. And if you're a lot shorter, then it'll just protect more. But the aspect of this, because it was longer and it, it didn't come to a point and it wasn't round most of the time in the Roman uh, armies, it was designed to cover even parts of your body that were already covered. So we talked about the breastplate. We talked about, you know, in the shins and so on. But this was designed to cover a lot of the part of your body. And what this protected against was from flaming arrows. So the enemy would often shoot arrows, but on those arrows were, uh, it was tipped in uh, flammable materials. So oftentimes they would light these things on fire and then launch them across the battlefield where they would come and hit against this. So if you remember the breastplate of righteousness, it was steel strips, but what attached to your body? Leather, which is flammable. Even the things that attach to the back of the greaves and the shoes, those are leather. So we have to recognize if an arrow is going to pierce your body, that's going to obviously affect the way that you can battle, but that could be localized unless it hits a major organ, then it could take you down. However, the flame... The part of the flame, that could hit you and affect where you are locally, but it can also spread to other parts of your body very quickly. If it catches the leather on fire, there's a lot of problems. Another thing with, this, with, with the flaming arrows that if you can uh, deflect against them is that they could catch the battlefield on fire. So if they're not extinguished quickly, what can happen is that flame can go and it can affect other people around you. 
That's oftentimes what the enemy will try to do. He'll try to shoot and launch a flaming arrow at you, not just to affect yourself, not just to pierce your heart, but then to affect other areas of your life and also the people around you. So on the positive side, think about this. If your faith is strong, if your faith is enduring to the Lord, you continue to look to him, even when you're under attack. Think about how much that can help somebody that's right next to you who is under attack, right? If you think about that, oftentimes we'll see if you're, in, if you're struggling and your friend's struggling with something, like, come on, you could do this. There's that encouragement to move on, to do things, and you actually can get like an adrenaline rush. It seems like a supernatural adrenaline from them. We've actually all seen movies up there and you'll see some people up there where at times during these movies, you'll see, you know, maybe Captain America will be going down or Ray looks like she's gonna get beat. Sorry, youth, you might not know who Rocky is, but Rocky, he would always go down. You're like, he's gonna lose. Yeah. And then of course, William Wallace, who we all thought was gonna lose, but we knew in the back of our head, he was able to gather the troops. So this would happen, right? That your, your favorite person, your hero, might be down for the count and, and something happens and the music changes in the movie, right? And the, the eyes begin to lighten up and there's fire in his eyes and they get up off of the ground and your adrenaline starts to pump and you're like watching TV, you're not even close to them, right? What happens? They have faith again that they're gonna win. They start hitting punches or throwing their sword or their lightsaber or whatever it is. And eventually, their opponent goes down, right? And they become the victor. You can go ahead and fade the music. This is what we're supposed to be for other people. Like, I couldn't go to bed at night after watching a Rocky movie. I'd just be, you know, you're like all pumped up and excited. Oh, I'm gonna go beat them. In the spirit realm, this is what we are supposed to be for other people. We are not supposed to be a body. We're the body of Christ. So if we say he's the resurrected king and we're a part of his body and yet we're beat up, we're battered and we can barely survive. No, we're actually called to take this thing up. We're called to take this shield up so that we can extinguish everything that's coming. Then what happens is if somebody else is in battle, we know if we have the faith to believe then we can actually help them defend against the attack of the enemy also, faith is very, very powerful principle of the kingdom. In fact, 2 Corinthians says, we live by faith, not by sight. So at one point in the Bible, the disciples actually asked Jesus, show us how we can have more faith. Why would they ask him for more faith? Why would they ask him to show and teach that? Because everything Jesus taught was a lifestyle of faith to live by faith, to access the kingdom, it was by faith. Even when he's saying to be born, you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. How are you born again? It's by faith, right? We've talked about this before in the past that when we're born again, we receive the full inheritance of God's kingdom. I look at it as like a spiritual bank account. And the way you make withdrawals from that bank account is by faith. It's not just believing he's a good God, it's, it's believing that he's going to do what his word says. And it's the conviction of living with that, to believe that what I can't see in this physical realm right now, I can see in my spirit, man. I can see by faith that it's going to come to pass. So what is faith in Hebrews 11.1? 1, I'm just going to pick apart a few verses here quickly. It says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. 
We talked about this all last December and we went deeper into faith which further than what I'm gonna go into today. But if you take what this verse is saying, you take something that you hope for that will happen in your life. You don't need to have a, a solid foundation or a biblical foundation to hope for something. Just ask a child with a birthday coming up, right? They're hoping for things. Or Christmas is right around the corner now. We're hoping that things happen. Now, what happens is there's a difference between hope and faith. When you're hoping for something, there's just a desire. It's a fleshly desire that something's going to happen in your life. However, when you have confidence in what you hope for, now it becomes faith. We broke this word down again last December. That word confidence comes from a word that means title or deed. So what is a title or a deed? It's something that when you go to the closing of a house, to close on your house, you sign the paper and you actually have that now. If you, if you would own it, it's not on loan. But anyway, once you own that property, you hold the title or the deed to it. Now, when you're in the office and you're signing this title and signing this deed, you don't actually see the property yet, do you? No, you're in an office somewhere. You might have to drive 15 or 20 minutes to get there. But you, at the moment that that deed is signed over to you and it's in your possession, you have the utmost confidence that it is now your property. That's what faith is. It's saying God's word is the title. It's the deed. So what his word says, now I have to believe that it is mine even before you have it right? If you didn't have to see it, you could just experience it. Again, it would require no faith whatsoever. But the Lord, God's word says that we live by faith, not by sight. So there's a confidence that we have. And then it says assurance about what we do not see. In today's culture, we are so used to getting like food and movies and music, everything right now, right? Like, like when I was young, you'd have to put the VCR the cassette into the VCR player, you push play and then you see the credits running. You're like, oh, I didn't rewind it. You push rewind and you wait like 10 minutes for the thing to rewind. <laughs> or if you're listening to a cassette, if it went too fast, you'd have to fast forward all the way through. That was like an eight track, I guess. You'd have to fast forward all the way through till you got back to the beginning. Right now, you turn the TV on and it says buffering for three seconds. We get impatient, <laughs> right? Why won't this download? You're like in a drive-thru. You don't even have to get out of your car to get food. How many of you get, have gotten frustrated before? Because it's been six minutes instead of four, right? But the word's saying that we should have assurance of the things we do not see. And there's no guarantee that we're gonna see them today or tomorrow or the next day. Our job is not to make things happen. Our job is to believe that they will happen, Amen. to believe in our heart. So that's the thing, when those arrows are coming at us, our shield is up and we're saying, we're gonna stand in faith, we're gonna stand in faith. So when everything else is happening, has happened, we're still standing. My, my shield of faith is going to remain strong and in front of me that entire time. And I'm going to believe that what his word said or what his spirit has spoken to me that is according to his word will come to pass. Amen. So faith is important. In Hebrews 11, just five more verses down from 11.1 that I just read. In verse six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Say impossible. impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It says, because anyone who comes in must believe, what? That he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love that verse because it does not say he rewards those who have it all together. Right? 
I don't see that in my Bible. I don't see that when you, when you begin to believe in God for salvation, the moment you believe, you're born again, right? You don't have to have everything all together. And when you begin to believe him for greater areas of breakthrough, whether it is provision, whether it's healing, whether it's a breakthrough with a relationship, you're beginning to believe because you see something in his word and now you're grabbing hold of that. And you're like, I want to believe in my heart something that I do not yet see. The Bible's saying, well, you just have to wait 10 more months and, and remember, it's five more scriptures. You have to become a little bit more holy and then it'll reward you. That's not what your word says. It says, he is going to reward you as you diligently seek what? What's it say? Him, his face, his presence. So when you get in his presence and you're seeking him, everything ties back into his word and then your faith in him should grow and grow and grow. So if it says it's impossible to please him without faith, that must make me believe that faith is what pleases him, right? This isn't hard. So as, you, know, you have to think, you have to ask yourself, when you see the word impossible like that, you probably should ask yourself, why is faith so important to God? Right, and then very quickly, you can run through, through your mind and understand he created me, he wants the best for me, he has a destiny and purpose for my life. And in any area of my life that I don't trust him, I'm going to fail because I'm gonna trust in myself, other people, or even the enemy at times when I'm confused. So God's not like, I deserve trust and I deserve you to have faith in me because I'm this and this. That's not it. He loves you so much and he wants your absolute best for you that every area of your life you begin to trust in him, he can actually see his purposes fulfilled in your life. So that's why that pleases him. Right? It's the same exact reason if we were teaching our kids how to ride a bike and like, no, 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 I don't want you up, I don't want you up, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Every time I would watch a child fall and like you can't even help them, that's not gonna make me happy. Right? But if they say, daddy, mommy, I want you to help me. I trust that you know the best way for my life. That would please a parent. It's just how your heavenly father is pleased with you through faith. In Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We're gonna talk about the sword of the spirit in just a few weeks here. But we have to understand, even where we started in the belt of truth, the more truth you know, and that's not just by spending time in prayer, it's in his word that should lead to a vibrant prayer life. The more time you spend in that, the more truth you know. And the more truth you know, the more of God's word you know. So as the Holy Spirit begins to guide you and you're hearing it being preached, you're hearing it as you read it. Even we tell people when you're praying, God's word, don't think God's word, pray God's word out loud. You're convincing your heart, your spirit with what your mouth is saying as you're reading and as you're praying God's word. So this is what happens then. Faith begins to rise and get stronger as you're hearing the word of God. It's the only way that we're gonna find out how we can trust him. So with that, our faith begins to strengthen. We're holding up the shield, but faith does require action. I'm gonna read two quick verses here in 1 Timothy 6, 12. It says to fight the good fight of faith. Take hold, look at these actions, right? Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So he's saying there is a fight to, there, there's a fight to fight. There's a battle to fight, but we're not doing it in the flesh. We're not doing it with the world's weapons. And it says in the same way in James 2, in the same way faith by itself, is, if it's not accomplished by action, is dead. So faith is not automatic. It doesn't just happen. Just like the shield doesn't automatically come in front of you, 
right? What does the scripture say in Ephesians 6? To take up the shield of faith. So there's an action. Sometimes it's not action with your feet. Sometimes it's action that, you know, I'm in bed and I'm waking up in the morning and, I, and, I, and fear suddenly comes over me or discouragement, whatever it is. And I'm going to take action to ignore that thing and actually believe what God says about it. That's taking up a shield of faith. That's, that's acknowledging there's an arrow coming at me right now that could literally destroy my day. We have to understand those, those whispers and thoughts that are coming in could determine how you treat your spouse when you first see them. It could determine how you treat your, your, your kids, the first thing that you see them, how you treat your coworkers, right? If you believe one flaming arrow in the beginning of a morning, it could dictate the rest of your day if you are not intentional of taking up the shield of faith. Faith is what? Faith is trust. Don't overcomplicate this. Faith is trust in the one. Faith is trusting that God can do what his word says, that he's going to do what we pray for in faith believing. So faith, it does require time to develop, right? This is not microwave Christianity. And it's not, he's buffering for five seconds and then you're gonna get the download. There's revelation that comes right then. But you also have to understand there's a process of faith developing. So don't get frustrated if you're praying for something and you don't see it come to pass or if you actually see the opposite happen. It could be an attack of the enemy. Take time to let your faith develop. It also takes intentionality to activate. Nobody else on the face of this earth should be as concerned about your level of faith as you. Nobody else is waking up thinking, I really have to help that person grow in faith today. Does that make sense? So it's up to us to activate. It's up to us to say, Holy Spirit, show me more of who the Father is so I can believe in him more and trust in him more. And it does take effort to keep strong in our soul and spirit. I'm not saying like hard work in the way that you should be exhausting. It just takes a walk of faith, relying on the Holy Spirit each and every day. So listen, if faith is not backed up by obedience and action, it actually says it's dead. So we need to allow the Lord to teach us how do we operate in this battlefield? When do we stop and get low? When do we move forward? When do we adjust? When do we get closer to other people uh, who are weak? When do we do this alone just with him? Because there are fiery darts that the enemy sends. I wanna talk just to, about a few of them here in the next few minutes. First one I wanna talk about is doubt. The devil will do anything and everything he can to get you to doubt your creator to get you to doubt his attributes and his character, to get you to doubt that his word is actually true. This happened with Eve, right? It didn't take more than two people to be on the earth and Satan was already up to this. This is what he said in Genesis 3. He says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other of the wild animals uh, the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? I don't even have to finish the sentence. Right there, did God really say this? Right, will you surely die, he says in a couple more verses. And what the enemy does is he tries to create doubt in this word. Now watch what happens. If we're not in this word, you will watch, you could actually experience your faith spiral so quickly that by the end of the week, you're like, is Jesus even my savior? Like if you would say some of the things you might be thinking to a Christian friend, they'd be like, what has happened to you? So when, you, when, when the, that, that dart comes at you of doubting, you might say, can God really do this? Is God really present with me? Am I really gonna have that loved one back with me? Is this relationship really gonna be restored? 
Is he really gonna, I know Pastor Vicky said that he's gonna provide for all of our needs, but I don't know, maybe he'll do it for somebody else. Would he really do that for me? All of those questions are doubt. When you let them run in your head and you're not turning to the Lord in prayer or getting in the word and finding the solution to the problem, that doubt will grow. It will grow. Now listen, be real with the Lord. You see all throughout the Psalms, David is like straight up honest with the, like, listen, God, I think I'm gonna die. These people are everywhere. They're coming after me. I'm afraid for my life. But at the end, he'd say, but your love is never failing, right? He would end with a declaration of what is true. So there's two ways to do this. We could, we could act like nothing's wrong. Well, Kurt said to have faith, don't let doubt. Then you act like nothing's wrong. And it's, it's a fake faith is what it is. How's it going? I'm doing great, brother. Well, you look miserable. No, not at all. There's a way to go to somebody and say, I'm really struggling with this. And be honest with them. And pour your heart out to the Lord. In our weakness, he, he will make us strong, right? So don't, don't do the fake faith thing where you're like, it's like any doubt, you're just like, that's not even there. No, admit that it's there to the Father. Talk to one or two trusted people about it. Don't do it for sympathy. Don't do it for sympathy. There's a huge, well, this thing's going on in my life and you're looking for the back rub and not truth, right? So if you, if you actually want to get out of doubt and you, you really want that shield up, you go to somebody who's going to speak the truth to you in love. Well, that sounds foolish what you're saying. God's word says this. Why are you believing this? Then they can rub your back after, <laughs> right? Seriously, check your motives of when you talk to people beforehand. The second one I want to talk about is fear. Fear often comes when the heat gets turned on in a battle, right? So maybe you're doubting something, something's happened. It's just it's a consistent battle or trial in your life. Oftentimes the enemy will try to, try to infiltrate your mind and your heart with fear at that moment. I have called it with other people that have sat across from me and they'll just say things that are completely absurd that I know that they don't actually believe. I call it temporary paranoia, right? Where they say, I have no friends everybody's after me. God's not even with me. He doesn't even love me anymore. And it's all these words that are so anti what I know that person stands for. It's paranoia. It's temporary spiritual paranoia where the enemy will come and he'll attack you from so many different angles so quickly that if you're not identifying what the enemy is doing in that area, if you don't actually take up your shield, you, you can actually wish that you were in a place before you even knew God. Like the Israelites did this, I don't know, three or four times throughout, maybe even more. What'd they do? Moses was doing so. Like they had all the manna that they could want. And what'd they do? They grumbled and they complained. They said, if we would only have died in Egypt or if we would only be back there as slaves, we had at least three, basically paraphrasing, we had three square meals a day. Like, sir, you got beat. You were slaves. You were in bondage and you're saying because you don't want to walk out a walk of faith with the Lord, providing for you everything that you needed. There was no one weak or feeble among them. They were everything that they, everything they needed for that trip was theirs. And they actually rather fear hit them. It created grumbling and complaining. So if you're wondering if you are currently being attacked or if you're operating in fear, just listen what's coming out of your mouth. If there's grumbling and complaining, it might not be a critical spirit. It might be. It might just be a fear. There might be a root of fear in your life that you're just so afraid that nothing's gonna work out for you that it comes out as, this is, you know, this is just the way life is gonna be. The third area that I wanna talk about quickly and then we'll talk about how to extinguish these in, uh, for a few minutes. Third is tragedies, accidents, 
and misfortunes. The devil did this with Job. If you never read that book, you can read it. It has a great ending. We can't, the Christian world camps out on everything bad that happened to him. But we forget that the Lord restored everything back plus double. Right, so we said, well, Job, Job, well, God, you know, removed his covering. The enemy was allowed to do this, 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 this. Look at the end of the story. Look at the end of the story. Right, in fact, there was a time. I mean, he lost possessions. He lost family members. He lost his cattle. He lost multiple sets of different animals. And he, what he said, he didn't like do anything to deserve it. He was a man walking in integrity, but he does admit in Job 3, 25, he admits, he says, what I have feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me, which leads me to believe that you could be walking in integrity, walking in morality, but fear will open the door for the enemy to come in. What I feared has happened to me. So maybe he had some doubt, maybe he had some fear, he's still walking it out, but he let fear, something happen in, in that realm. All this stuff comes, the, the enemy's just attacking, attacking, attacking. So what happens as he's losing uh, his possessions, his loved ones, his wife says, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Like the one closest to him did not have her shield up. And she's saying, if all this bad stuff is happening to you, it has to be God's fault. Blame him, blame him and give up. Blame him and die. And that's the one thing too, if you're in your life right now, I want you to be honest with yourself. Like go home today and ask the Lord before you go to sleep, look for different patterns of your life. If there's ongoing physical sickness, I'm not saying it's the enemy. I'm saying if there's a pattern of reoccurring injuries or accidents, ask the Lord, right? If you've, if you've said it out of your mouth, well, I'm just accident prone. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are not accident prone. You're a child of God meant to be able to walk in strong and strength all the days of your life. So I'm not saying there, there might just be a reoc something reoccurring physically in your body that just needs fixed. I'm, I'm asking you to ask the Lord if there's ongoing patterns of sicknesses, illnesses, or accidents, ask him, is this a fiery dart from the enemy? The second area might be ongoing or repetitive breakdowns, whether it's in your house, your vehicle, equipment that you own, Again, I've said, don't, first thing you gotta determine is not to blame God and don't look for the demon behind every furnace breakdown, right? Like if, some, you know, if, you're, if you get a flat tire on the way down, that's a fiery dart from the enemy. Like you're putting your shield out. No, not necessarily, not necessarily. Might just be a flat tire. <laughs> However, if there is ongoing repetitive patterns of breakdowns, ask the Lord, it might be a fiery dart. Repetitive conflict with the same person, even though you seem to make up with them. And then there's just, it just seems like there's something that irks you about that person and, and back at them or back at you from them. Ask the Lord if it's repetitive and ongoing. The last one I would say is finances. As soon as you get more, it seems to just drain out somehow. You have no clue where, where it's going, though you're trying your hardest. If that's an ongoing repetitive pattern in your life, ask the Lord if it's a fiery dart because he has a way to extinguish each one of those. So I'm gonna share quickly. First area that I think that we, we just have to do, I shared a few weeks ago, is to be alert. If we can just be alert of what type of dart it is, we can know how to combat that, right? In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the 
faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So when we are alert, say, right, what am I feeling right now? Like, this, this is odd. I've been angry. I've been irritated. I've been frustrated. I'm, I'm starting to question God. Or I've had all these fears. I don't know where it's from. I just feel like I don't have a hope. I don't have a future. If you're identifying and you're alert to what's going on, then the Lord can give you a strategy that will beat the strategy of the enemy. Amen? The second aspect that I feel like uh, extinguishes, and Adam, you can come up with this time, is to learn how to rest in God. So when we say we're fighting, like by this time you hear that Rocky theme song and all this stuff, you could be like, I'm ready. A big part of fighting is learning how to rest. It's learning how to rest in the Father. It's learning how to rest in his presence. I loved, I was down with uh, Christian, Pastor Christian and Diana two Wednesdays ago. It was at the end of the worship set and um, Pastor Christian just, he was like, I just sense like the Lord wants us to rest right now. He had all the, the youth get on their knees it was such an awesome sight to see youth and youth leaders just on their knees with their hands raised. No agenda. Nobody's looking for what the words are gonna be next. Nobody's wondering what's gonna happen next. When is he gonna preach? I don't know. I, could have, I don't know. It was several minutes long. We're just sitting in his presence, right? So again, you're not grabbing your sword and grabbing your shield and just running off, you know, screaming. That's fake also. We need to learn to rest in his presence. In Psalm 91, it talks about dwelling in the shadow of the Most High, right? Dwelling is actually living there. It's a place, it's like your dwelling place. So you're going back, you're going out, you're coming back in, you're going out, you're coming back in. What it says is that you will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So if you dwell in the shelter of the Most High, you'll learn how to rest in his shadow. Third is to persevere through opposition. Like, don't give up. Just don't give up. Don't give up. If I'm in a battle like this, and there are arrows coming at me, okay, and all I do is give up, is this shield of any use to me? Would my sword be of any use going like this? No. Will my breastplate of righteousness? No. Will the greaves that are covering my shins? Absolutely not. You become completely useless when you just give up. So sometimes you just have to go one more day. Believe one more day. I didn't see, see you today. I didn't hear you today. I didn't sense you today, but I know that you're here because your word says that you'll never leave us or forsake us. So I'm gonna go based on my faith and based on what I know your word says and not based on how I feel. Right? So maybe you'll say, okay, I'm gonna retreat a little bit today, Lord, because I just wanna go back in and dwell. So then take two steps back like this, but still face your enemy. Right? Don't turn around and run. In James 1, it says, count it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Know because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So what happens here? It says perseverance finishes its work. So you may be mature and complete. So when your faith is tested, it's perseverance. Perseverance leads to maturity and completeness where you don't lack anything. And it says if you do lack wisdom, like if you don't know how to, how to attack uh, and, and operate in authority against the enemy, it says, ask God. He'll give you generously without finding fault. So he's not like, oh, I can't believe you. Again, I have to help you again? Not at all. Not at all. 
says, when you ask, listen to this, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. So it's very clear here. So he's like, listen, he's gonna give you everything that you need. He's gonna make your life mature and complete. But specifically, he said, when you're asking for wisdom, you have to believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. This person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. These verses right here is why you don't need another back rub from your friend. You don't, you don't need hugs first. You need the truth of God's word spoken into you to encourage your spirit, to strengthen your faith. Then you can cry together out of thanksgiving about what God's going to do. It's a completely different approach to Christian friendships. The last point I have for you is this, is to remind yourself of God's character. If you were just intentional reminding yourself, in fact, we, w- we went through, I think it was like 12 weeks of the Names of God series this past spring. Every single week talking about a different character or attribute of God. Be purposeful to remind yourself who He is so you know who to actually trust in in these moments. Why don't you stand at this time? Um, we're gonna do this just together. What I want you to do, just a quick show of hands. We're gonna look at these three areas of fiery darts. We're just gonna pray over them as a group. So I'll ask you to surround yourself around people that have their hands raised in just a moment. If you feel like you currently have a fiery dart coming at you in life in the area of doubt, meaning you're just starting to question God, maybe not if he's your savior, if he's a creator or not, but just in certain areas, in a moment you're gonna raise your hand. If you feel like there's a fiery dart of fear, so there's just an overwhelming sense that this is not going to work out the way God planned. If you're afraid, it's just not possible. Uh, Any of that kind of stuff, you're gonna raise your hand. And honestly, if you feel like nobody's for you at all, you feel like you're completely isolated, that, that most likely is a root of fear. And then tragedies, accidents, or misfortunes. If you feel like there's a pattern of any of this stuff going on in your life that is a fiery dart, I just want you to raise your hand this time. Just raise your hand. All right, so very quickly, I'm just gonna find somebody with their hand raised. You can reach over pews, just lay your hand on their shoulder. If you can keep your hand up until you have one or two people at least, you guys can actually move around now. Go ahead, just get around. Do you see a hand? See, this is the thing. You didn't have to come to church believing that God was gonna move through you. You didn't have to come feeling all, uh, you know, excited about anything. But right in this moment, I want you to believe. I want you to trust that God's gonna work through you. Um, some of the, somebody right over here, if you guys come right over here to Brad. Just keep your hand up. Yeah, Bill, if you can. I just want somebody else outside of family too to be with him. Okay, is there any, if you have a hand on you, you can put your hand down now. All right, let's pray. So right now, like by the laying on of hands, I want you guys to come into agreement with me. It's not my prayer, it's not my words. It's your faith, you can pray out loud also. Father, right now in Jesus' mighty name, we come to you and we, by the authority that you've given us, Jesus, we rebuke doubt, we rebuke fear, and we rebuke that fiery dart of tragedy, accidents, mishaps, and misfortunes. We rebuke those things in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we ask that you would rise up inside of the hearts of those who raised their hand today, and God, that you would encourage them in the faith, 
that you would show them the truth of your word once again, that you would show them your love, you would show them your everlasting presence, you would show them your power, you would show them your healing, Lord Jesus. God, that you would show them that you are with them, that you have never forsaken them, and there is no plans in your future to ever do that. So God, we ask that all doubt be gone right now in Jesus' mighty name. We tell the spirit of fear to leave in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, spirit of fear, leave now. Because God's word says we have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power, that sound mind, love. We thank you for that, God. Lord Jesus, I just come into agreement right now with anybody, anybody who's struggling with accidents, uh, misfortunes, things that just keep going wrong in their life. Father, we choose to come out of agreement that those things are who we are in life. This is not our lot in life. This is not just, I'm, we, we rebuke that lie that this is just my luck. This is just how it's going to be. No, it's not how it's going to be. God, we ask for a change of events, for a turnaround breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. Father, that, that the enemy, that that shield of faith would come up and that enemy's arrow would come and be extinguished by that shield. And Father, we pray blessing. In fact, we pray increase in pay, salaries, newfound money in different areas of their life where they didn't think it was possible. God, I pray for stability of feet for those who trip a lot, for those who just find themselves bumping into things all the time and getting hurt because of it. You're able to give stability in the walking of our people. And God, we ask, Father, that you would protect those items, the vehicles, the houses, the equipment that's breaking, God, that you would protect, that they would see a turnaround event in their life. And we pray for your favor upon them. God, let us learn how to walk in your favor and your blessing. In Jesus' name. We rely on you, God. We trust in you, Heavenly Father. We love you. Show us more of your word. Teach us how to hear your Holy Spirit more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, check us out at centralconnect.org.